What a privilege to be in the house of God and to, to know that God is in this house. Hallelujah. Once again, I'd like to welcome all of you. Good morning, church. Um, I want to welcome everybody for our um, Sunday morning service, people who are here in our sanctuary and also people who are watching us from miles across uh, different continents and also you may be watching us from Mars or Venus, wherever you are uh, in the entire solar system. Um, this is a God-loving church and we praise that all of us come together to worship our King. In, in this house, there's only one person who is lifted high. His name is Jesus. Come on, somebody. Only one person whose name is lifted high. And as we were singing that beautiful song, no other name other than the name of Jesus. And today we declare it. God, in every ongoing situations and battles of our life, we lift up the name of Jesus. And wherever the name of Jesus is lifted high. Oh, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. And everybody who looked at the serpent. They were found healing. They were healed. And today when we look unto the face of the radiance of Jesus Christ, our life situations, no matter what we are going through, God will heal us. Come on somebody. Do you need a healing in your life today? I have a good news. My Jesus is in the house. Do you need a breakthrough in your life today? I have a good news. My Jesus is in this house. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. The beginning and the end the creator of the world and he's the author and the finisher, the perfecter of my faith. He is in this house. Last week we had wonderful three days of supernatural encounter and God was with us. Um, and as Pastor Ravi was ministering, people inside our church and also outside, you know, as a pastor, and I share this in our Malayalam service as a pastor, I get to hear the testimonies of people and got to hear what God was doing. I don't know if you all know, and I shared this yesterday a little bit, but yes, the last Sunday as Pastor Ravi was ministering here, he looked onto the live stream and he prophesied. He got a word of prophecy over somebody by the name Thomas and he said somebody by the name Thomas is watching God is about to change your life and three days later a man called me and he said pastor I watched your live stream not when it was streamed but after two days and the same anointing the same anointing that you were worshiping in the sanctuary I could feel it in my house even after two days oh come on can I tell you the songs that we sing? Can I tell you the praises that we raise in this house? It is not going to be just limited in the four walls of our sanctuary, but it is going to resonate. It is going to resonate in through every medium that we are engaging. Hallelujah. And that's why whenever we put a post on our Facebook or Instagram or social media, be very intentional because somebody who is watching it is watching and let their life be altered. Let their life be transformed through all the social media that we are engaging. And that's one thing that we want to focus through our Zion Church's social media presence that we want to glorify our King, our Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful. And as I was talking to that brother, my eyes were filled because it was just a miracle that happened. It was just a prophetical word that a man of God was led by the Spirit and he shared on through our live stream media. And two days later, this man calls me and he said, Pastor, my name is Thomas. I was watching it. I was watching it. And I know Pastor, as Pastor was sharing, three years of a cycle that I was going through, three years of struggles that I was facing and I was going through. And God broke that cycle while I was listening to the message. And he was testifying. 
And I believe this is going to be the story of each individual. Because what I believe is, I don't come here with just some letters in my hand. I come here with the revelation that God has laid through the scriptures. And this word has the power to break. This word has the power to liberate. This word has the power to birth. This word has the power to give something new in our life. And that's what I believe. Every word of God is active and sharp. It penetrates through our heart. When I was growing up, I had a pastor who came to my church back in Bangalore. And um, the, the way I remember this pastor is, you know, in his message, he, he shared this Malayalam words. He said, So after that, I named that pastor, Pastor Kattum Kuttum Chettum. That's an easy way to remember some of our pastors because in the, the conversations we have, what does it mean? It is that the word of God is like, is the word of God is the fire shut up in my bones. Nobody can ever shut it down because it is a fire of Almighty God. It is shut up in my bones and it is not my cloth. If it is was seen on my cloth, somebody can take the fire off. But because it is in my soul, because it is shut up in my bones, because it is within who I am, I know no power in the entire world can ever shut the fire of God Almighty down. The word of God is the fire shut up in my bones. The word of God will prick us. Whenever we hear the word of God, the word of God will prick us. And that is very important in when we hear the word of God. If there are something that I preach and you don't like, it's actually a good thing. Because that word is actually pricking us. When Peter stood and he was preaching, Bible says people were pricked with their conscience and they were transformed. Amen. 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 So when we preach and when we teach or when we lead or one of our brothers or elders or somebody who teaches during a Sunday school, if there are certain things that they say and you don't like it, be thankful to God. Because if the scripture talks about it, it is pricking us so that we will have a change in our life. The word of God will prune us. There are things in our life that God does not like. And God who is the gardener? God who is the owner? He looks at the vineyard and he says, Oh, you know what, Pradeep? These branches that come from your side is not going to bear any fruit. So I'm going to prune it off. I'm going to take it off. So that you will bear fruit when I prune it. The intention of God to cut those areas, cut those relationships, cut those people off, cut those Things that God did not intend for us to be part of is only so that we will bear much more fruit Amen. through the pruning of God Almighty. Allow heaven to prune us. Allow heaven to prick us. Allow the word of God to light up this flame within our soul so that no matter where we are placed, the fire has a role to be identified in any given circumstance. And I pray the word of God, which is sharper, will penetrate in our life. And today, I'd like to welcome everybody, everybody. As we journey through the scriptures, I pray this word of God will help us. And if you are here for the very first time as pastor uh, uh, and wonderful family, uh, they are worshiping with us today. And dear pastor, um, you know, he, he brought the beautiful word during our Malayalam service. And I'm so thankful for this wonderful family, um, you know, that is with us. And uh, may the Lord continue to bless you. And I also see our, our family from New York, Brother Anish's family from New York, uncle and auntie are worshiping today with us. And we want to welcome, can we actually put our hands together and welcome all our um, 
coming back guests and uh, who are deciding to be part of our family and uh, may the Lord continue to bless each one of you and I pray may the Lord be with us. The last three days, three weeks, last two weeks, um, I was kind of, you know, taking our church on a journey about what would Jesus undo. And this is one of the series that I've been taking and teaching, which I have now preached in the last two years of my ministry here in church. And sometimes it is very important that we go through, you know, uh, messages that are very pumped and deliverance and, you know, all that is very necessary, very important. At the same time, there are things that we need that edifies us. And so this, during this journey, I want to, I want to, to understand it's more of an edification that God needs in our life. Is that true? So I was talking about what would Jesus undo in our life. If there are things that Jesus want to undo, if there are things that what are those areas that God will actually show it to us and he will bring a change in our life. And the week one we looked into the portion of indifference and attitude of, of complacency and week two we looked into the, we looked into the, the scripture of hollow worship or, or, or empty words? Do we really mean with the songs we sing? Do we really mean with the praises that we bring out when we are in the house of God? And today I want to take our church on a journey about uh, the spirit of hypocrisy. The spirit of hypocrisy. Because this is very important for us to know and to understand that this spirit is very, very prevalent in our churches today. The spirit of hypocrisy where we want to show the best of our best on our Sunday stage. We want to show the best of the best through our preaching. We want to show the best of the best of who I am because nobody wants to show the flaws of their life and we don't want to see that because by nature we are a group which is very judgmental and people at times are taken back because of the judgmental attitude that we have and they shy off from revealing who they really are or showing what the vulnerable areas of their life are. And I want to uh, bring to the attention in the light of the incident that has rocked our nation in the Christian face last week. And during our small groups, we vaguely dis, uh, discussed and we talked about it. It's an incident that most of you might have read last week where a, a pastor from Hillland, Hillland um, Church in um, um, California, I believe, he committed suicide. I don't know if you have read that. It's a big church, a um, pretty large church. And this pastor... Uh, could not take the face and the, the heat and, and, and all the, the struggles and everything that he was going through. And he ended his life. And I have my own personal views to it. Um, and I saw a lot of people sharing it and, and you, know, um, you know, attacking church members for not being so good to the pastor. And all those things I was reading. And for me personally, if you cannot lead yourself, you cannot lead a congregation. At what point do you decide to take your life? And as a pastor or as a leader, we, 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 shouldn't, we shouldn't engage in a place or be placed in a situation where you destroy your own life. Come on, whatever you been guarding your life so far that's my personal view and there are more if we have a personal conversation but as a church you know it kind of has rocked many Christian because I'm part of the assemblies of God uh, 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 young men young pastors group and there's been heated debates that was going on within the group and I see a lot of conversations when and some of us we don't actually care about all these things that happen but sometimes you know when we look into all of these incident but has rocked our nation in the Christian among Christian churches we come into an understanding of what was really going on this is my understanding if you're ever battling with any issues of depression or an anxiety don't hide it 
the more you hide it, anxiety and depression will make you very lonely. And the more you find yourself lonely, it is like that one sheep that strayed away from the flock and found itself in a desolate place. What will happen is, the enemy is always watching for that one sheep that has left the flock. He doesn't care about the entire group because he can fight the entire group. All he cares is that one sheep. All he wants to see is that one person who has walked away. So if you're ever battling with any sort of anxiety or depression, you know, can I have the mask? I, I think I, I, I've kept the mask right at the, the sound booth area. If I can, if y'all can just bring it. Sometimes in our Christian faith, we are very good to show off. We are very good to show that the best of our best. But at times we have to realize that this is our brothers and sisters. We got to trust each other. You got to find a friend where you can actually talk to them and be a real Again, take the label off. Um, but sometimes, you know, this is not a nice looking mask, but I found this and uh, I thought maybe I'll use this, right? Is that okay? Even if you say no, I'm going to use it anyway. So sometimes we walk around. Come on, this is not, is it very godly? Not a god. Okay. Sometimes we walk around with masks. It's very creepy, right? I, I hope you don't have scary dreams tonight. But sometimes we walk around with masks all around us. But it's okay sometimes to just take the mask away and to just let God be real in our life. We walk around with mask of, of who I can show the best in my life, who I am. We just walk around with the mask of just proving ourselves to everybody. We just walk around with the mask of proving everything to people. You don't have to prove it any, to anybody. It's all between you and God. In our Christian churches, we have to understand very... God wants to take away the mask that we have built around us. An image that we have built around us. Because actually God is not honored when you come in the presence of God with a false mask around you. And that's the attitude and the spirit of hypocrisy. Let's read. It's... Um, Titus chapter 1, verse 16. Are you all enjoying today? Titus chapter 1, verse 16. Titus chapter 1, verse 16. Thank you for the scriptures. They claim to know God, but by their actions they deny Him. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. What a beautiful scripture. Please keep that on the back screen. Let me, let me go over it. They claim... To know God. It's a claim. It's a false claim that they know God. There are people when they testify, they testify about and they brag about all that they have done for God. All that they have achieved for God. They claim that they know God. And now, I mean, it's, it's sometimes I sit with people who, who have this attitude and I'm like, okay. Um, when they pray, they quote all the scriptures and I mean, which is really good, which is really good. But don't do it in an attitude of putting somebody else down. Don't do it in an attitude of, you know, not respecting your brother or sister. If somebody doesn't quote a scripture while prayer, it's totally okay. But what matters the most is bring it from your heart. Your prayer, your supplication, your needs, your words must come it from your heart. And not just because you want to prove, I am holy, I am perfect, I am all well put together, I'm on my Sunday best. And no, no, we don't want to show it to anybody. All God matters is you 
and him. And nothing comes in between. And if in anything, any mask, any image that comes in between, you got to take it out because God is not happy about it. Amen. Bible says they claim to know God. They claim it. But do they really know God? No. They claim they know God. In our words, we claim, I mean, when I'm preaching, I'm preaching to myself as well. And as I was reading through the scriptures, the whole last week, I was battling through this image crisis where, God, am I putting an image? Can I be real honest? And I, I, I decided, no matter what, I'm going to be very honest with our church. As a preacher, you know, in the way that I deal, in the way that I preach, in the way that I carry out, I don't want to be double standard. I don't want to because I want to impress some of our opportunities and amateurs. I want to be colorful and white clothed. And then I want to be with our youngsters. So I'm not going to be on my joggers. No, I'm going to be the way God has asked me to be. And what I believe is together we are here to represent Christ. In everything we do, we are here to represent Jesus through our life. And I pray, God, I have given my young life into your hands. And I pray, God, that through this life, I pray that people will be challenged, that we will take off the mask and we will know who you really are in our life. Bible says, it, it, it mentions, they claim they know God. They claim that they know God, but they, do they really know God? No, they don't. They actions deny us. How do you say you love somebody? And you don't have actions that prove your love towards that person. Bible says, if you love me, you will obey all my. Come on, somebody fill in the blanks. You will obey all my. Praise the Lord. All who love me will follow my commandments. In love, love is not just words where I say, Pradeep, I love you. That's going to be weird. Okay, it's okay. Anisha, I love you. But in my love, Anisha is my wife for all the newcomers, right? Okay. But in my love, in my love, I got to do something. And that's where Valentine's Day business people make a lot of money. Because they bring the best, ro best roses and paint the city red. Because they want to advertise and get the money out of us. But I believe through our love, it's not just words. The affirmations of our love go through the deeds that we do through the love. Because that proves, our actions prove what we love. Bible says they claim that they know me. But the actions deny me. Oh, come on, somebody. Has our actions so far been a way that we have been denying God? Then there is no meaning for us to spend two hours here. Come on, somebody. There is no meaning for us to be in this house and lift our hands and worship and praise Jesus. And this we were singing, oh, your praise will ever be on my lips. Ever. It, there's no meaning to it. If our heart is not real. With God. Amen. I love the songs as they took. We did not plan it actually. But it's so meaningful. Because our lips should actually bring out the words that is filled in our heart. I love him and I will follow him all through my life. And nothing will change that course. Nothing will come in between. I don't want to prove to somebody else. I want to stand in the middle and in the gap of people and God. And let God know, God, I want to be honest with you as a leader this is my prayer and all of us here in this church i believe all of us at one point we are leaders in christ we are the appointed people in this generation to bring the gospel to light the shine to shine the light of the gospel in the places god has placed us you don't have to put on your best best and fake yourself be the real authentic you show christ in everything that we do 
And that is the word Paul was writing to Titus. And he said, you know what, Titus, as you're ministering, you are a young minister, but as you're ministering, you have to know that they claim to know God, but their actions deny. They claim that they know God, but their actions deny Him. And as we read through Matthew chapter 23, verse 28 to 33, Matthew chapter 23, verses 28 to 33, we look into another portion there. This is how it, it, it goes. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous. Um, but on the inside, you're full of, come on, what's the word? You're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. I know most of you will not like this kind of a message. Not most of you, some of you. But sometimes it's okay for us to reevaluate ourselves. In the place that, and this word is, as I'm talking, I want every youngster, young adult, and everybody who's watching, listen to this. In the same way, on the outside you appear as people, as right. Who has made us righteous? It is the righteousness of God that has made me right with God in the first place. It's not my righteousness. I have not earned it. I have not bought it. It is His righteousness over my life. He has made me right with Him. And how in the same way on the outside, I pretend to be holy. I pretend to be good. I pretend and my pretensions are really bad because it's not keeping me, align me aligning me with the principles of God Almighty. You appear people as righteous, but on the inside you're full of hypocrisy. Can, can, we, can we go to the next word, um, 26 words? 23 verse 26 as we read the scripture there um, blind Pharisee first clean the inside of the cup and the dish and this is what I love you know if we have if we serve uh, a child to your guest you make sure that you bring the best cup outside right amateurs and aunties and everybody you we, we make sure and also the uncles who make chai uh, the only thing that I know to make is chaya so whenever guests come, I do make chai sometimes. Next time we welcome you, I'll make good chai for you. But what I'm trying to share is we break, bring the best cup outside. Do you just wash the outside and make it very shiny and good and like make the brand look good? And the inside, when I look into you have all that. Uh, yeah, it, it's disgusting. I don't want to mention, but you all know what I'm talking about. But we, what we may do is we take the soap and we wash it, we rinse it, we make it clean inside and outside. But we try to do it, at least the inside must look perfect and good. Only then you can serve it to somebody else. Yeah. But what I come across these days now when I see and read and look that our hearts are inside, we are filled with all kinds of worldly things. And in the outside, I look very holy and I look righteous. I try to do things with my own abilities. But God is today asking that we try to clean up the inside before we try to serve it to somebody. It's about service that we do. Because God cannot pour His anointing into something that is already corrupted. Are you with me? God cannot pour His anointing into something which the vessel cannot actually hold it. Because it will break the vessel. It will break where the anointing is coming through. 
All we got to do is go asking God, help me that we clean. I clean. Help me. Help. The, I, I need the presence of Holy Spirit to clean up my inside before I start serving somebody. Because when I take my chaya cup to someone and I try to serve it to the person, I want to make sure that what the service that I do, when I'm serving, when I'm leading, when I'm preaching, when I'm ministering, when I'm singing, when I'm praying, I need to make sure my cup is holy. It is worthy of the sight of God Almighty. And my prayer is that God help me that I stand in this generation as a young lion, as a young voice in this generation. That I preach the, the unchanging gospel of yours that make me clean in your presence, O oh Lord. That when you, when I serve you, when I serve my people that you have given me, my vessel is clean and holy that you can flow through. You can flow through. Many, many years ago, in, in, um, I, most of you all know, I grew up in Bangalore, India. And while I was um, growing up in um, Bangalore, India, we had this uh, tank over our house, a water tank over our house. And sometimes what has, uh, it was my job. Um, you know, my dad asked me to get into the water tank. It's very hot. You know, you have, it's very narrow entering. And you have to, you know, find your way inside the water tank. It's around 1,000, 2,000 liters. Um, and then I make my way inside. And we had to clean it at least once in six months because, because the water, you know, it was not the greatest. So we had to uh, clean the, the space. Once what happened is uh, we forgot to clean it in six months. So almost uh, close to one and a half years as we were uh, living in that area, our water, oh, we, we did not get the water in the force as it's supposed to we, we need to get. You know, are you trying to understand? Uh, in the, in the, there's a force in the water as we get it to our tap in our kitchen or in the bathrooms. We were not getting the, the, the force that it used to come. So what we had to, we understood that there's something wrong with the, with the tank. There's something wrong in the pipeline. So we had to get through it. And I, when I went up um, to the tank again, I found, um, you know, something that was blocking the tank. Something that was blocking the outflow uh, from the tank, which caused the water could not, you know, reach downstairs with the force it was intended to reach. Are you all trying to understand this? So what my job, what, what I did was, did I put more to block it more? No, my job was to take what was in the way, take it away what was hindering, take it away what was in the way of the water supply. And I had to take the corruptiveness of the, the thing that was around the pipeline. And I had to throw it out. Guess what happened? We had beautiful shower after that again. Why am I sharing this? God has placed our life as vessels which is honorable and anointed to be holy for Him to walk through our life. We can't be pretending that I know God and my actions keep denying who He really is because there's something that is always flowing through our life into somebody else. As a Christian, as a child of God, we have to understand that there is something that you are always giving out. You're always giving out the radiance of God through your life. You're always giving out the radiance of God through your behavior, through your actions. Mahatma Gandhi said this, I love Christ, but I don't like the Christians. Why? Today, atheism has grown up to the extent of what it is in our generation only because there are people in our midst who are filled with hypocritical attitude. They want to put up a mask in front of others, but their lifestyle doesn't talk the way they should be. 
And this is my prayer. This is my prayer. As a leader of our church, let our actions uh, be the way that Christ has wanted us to be. Let our gestures, let our behavior, let everything that we do on stage and off stage match to the work of the gospel. Because we can't be in a burger, show Jesus. When you go to Chick-fil-A, show Jesus who Christ is in your life. If the Lord who has liberated you, his fire is within you and you cannot keep yourself hiding. People will recognize you. I'm, you know, being uh, almost 12 plus years in, in, in ministry, I've come across people who um, I had to, you know, uh, many years ago, I'm going to share this story. Many years ago, you know, sometimes, you know, well, we, we used to have this auntie who, who comes forward, sits in the very front row. And, and uh, you know, she's right when we begin the message. Oh, right when we start our almost about to end our worship, right? Uh, this auntie starts crying, loudly crying. And as a pastor, when I see people crying, I'm like, oh, the presence of God is hitting this place real hard. And this is awesome to see people crying and celebrating being in the presence of God. So week one, the auntie started crying. She was crying on top of her lungs. And, and, and it kind of, you know, everybody were kind of disturbed. And as she was crying, she was crying and she was crying out loud. And, and, and as I was preaching, whenever the main point comes you know she starts crying out louder and she's weeping and I said maybe God is repenting you know she is going through a process of repentance week one week two the same thing happened week three when the same thing was happening you know I realized in my spirit it was not the spirit of God Almighty leading her and what I did was I came closer to her and in Jesus name I said one word guess what happened the evil spirit in her the evil spirit in her started revealing herself. And that, at that point, we didn't want to disturb the service. So as a cool pastor, I let the spirit sit there and asked, you will not move an inch until we finish our service. She sat down there. We finished our service and we prayed for her and got to know the infirmities, the spirit of, of, of division that was in her right in the front. We have to be very careful. And we need to be people with a judgmental. No, no, no. We need to be people with a discerning heart. That's what the scripture says. And as people, I'm not, you know, when, when you all worship and lead worship, I'm not going to put anybody down. This is not the way I wanted to mention the scripture, the, 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 the example here. But what I tried to understand from the story there was, she was trying to put an image in front of everybody. But she was going through some own battles in the behind scenes. Later we came to know her lifestyle was not perfect. She, 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 she ran away with somebody and she was here and she lied to the church that, you know, she's living with her husband and a lot of things was going on and it was messy. When we came to know and she did not tell us, but the devil told us the truth. Sometimes the devil tells you the truth. People lie. And that's something beautiful that I've, I've, I've gone through, I've seen, you know. People have come and, gone and they have lied sitting in the pews. But sometimes when we pray and the devil, evil spirit starts coming out, you know. The evil spirit will talk the truth out. And they cannot hide from God's presence. It's people who hide it. But it was so good. She was clean as late and she, God delivered her life. And, you know, we, 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 then she had to go through a lot of counseling and everything. But what I'm trying to share here is don't put a false 
mass in our life because that becomes a gateway for the devil to work in our life. Do not allow the devil to take control of our life because in everything you do, you are created to be a vessel of blessing for somebody else. And that's why Christian life is about. You and me in our justice, I want to make sure that people who look up to me, they want to see Jesus. I pray that in our church, anybody who looks into your life, I pray that they see Jesus. The glory of His radiance will shine through your work. The glory of His radiance will shine through everything we do. In our friendship, in our business, in every, everything that God has allowed us to do. I pray the glory of His radiance will be transformative in the life that we encounter. What am I teaching? What am I I'm going through? What would Jesus undo in our life? If there are situations and if there are things in our life that we have been denying Christ through our actions, we have to change it. Beautiful example of that is we know in the book of Acts, it talks about Ananias and uh, Sapphira, right? What they were trying to do. Everybody sold their properties. If you want to sell your property and give it to church, which is very good. And even right now, I'm asking if you want to do it really good, God will bless you really because we are above to buy a uh, new location. We're going to get some finances. But this is what I'm saying. <laughs> Ananias and Sapphira, right? They, everybody in that age, what they were doing was they were selling their properties and they were giving it to the church. The culture of the church, the New Testament church was kind of changing where the church was governing the practices of every individual who were the new members. And even now there are groups that practice the same. There are the, 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 the Mennonite group that has uh, you know, a practice where it is the church that governs everything that they have. So in this day and age, what happened was every new believer around them, they sold their properties and gave it to church. Another reason why they happened was because Jesus told them that I am coming back really soon. So they thought that Jesus was coming back in their own lifetime and they did not want to hold up all these belongings and on all this wealth and everything that they had and accumulate and they wanted to give it away and be with church so that the mission and the work of the gospel will enlarge and go to different areas. Are you trying to understand this? So they gave up all what they had, all their properties, all their luxuries was given up for the sake of the gospel in the New Testament. Ananias and Sapphira, they didn't have to do it. Nobody forced them. But then they went and sold. And what did they do? They kept something for themselves and came to the house of the Lord and gave it to Peter. You know what, Peter? I have brought everything and all of this belongs to you, right? But what happened? Peter recognized the Spirit. The Spirit of God understands everybody. You can hide it from man, but you can't hide things from God Almighty. God knows not just the words that come out of your mouth, but the origination where it actually comes. The problem with Ananias and Sapphira was not just they came and gave it and lied. It was the problem of their heart because they lied it to God. And they pretended to know God through their action. That's why we see in Titus, they pretended. They acted out the way that they know God. But what really happened? God why? They lied. They lied. And today as a church, as we look through the scriptures, one of the things we have to understand, in every scripture we have to understand, God, how does this scripture help me in my life? How does this scripture apply in my life? My friends, in our day's journey, this is the word that I have been sharing all through my life. Is nobody is perfect. Nobody is perfect here. 
The only one who is perfect is Christ Jesus. I am an imperfect man worshiping a perfect God to be perfect in Him and through Him. Not because of my actions or my doings, but because who He is. I am made perfect in the image of God and in the ability of God Almighty through Him alone. And today as we, can I have the worship team with me? And today as we look through the scriptures, we have to understand when Peter looked at Jesus, this is what Peter said. I am a man of unclean. Go away from me, master. I'm a man with unclean lips. The moment he saw Jesus, there is something that happened within himself that he understood. All the cuss words he used, all the practices he did, and every gathering that he fellowship with, it was all worthless. God, I am a man of unclean lips. Change me. I don't want to live a life of pretending to know God, but I want to live a life of clean heart because oh, God can use me. Only if my heart is changed. How did he become from uh, uh, fishers, fishermen to fishers of men. How did it become from a normal, you know, catching, you know, he did his daily job of going into the sea and the ocean and, and gathering, capturing and collecting all these fishes for his livelihood. And how did God change? Because God transformed his heart. But even when that happened, did not Peter sin again? So many times. He went against the plan and purposes of God. His anger always came out. His vengeance came out. Why? Because we are all imperfect. Nobody is going to be perfect one fine day. You, it's, it's not like you wear a new cloth and you walk outside. It's a process. It's a daily process that all of us go through. Amen. Are you all with me? Are you all with me? It's a daily process. I pray God in the process of life. You will count me holy. In the process of life, I will not fail you. In the process of life, my life will be a holy vessel unto you, O God. If there is anything that God can undo in our life today, it is one, the heart of hypocrisy should be taken away. The spirit of hypocrisy should be taken away. I'm asking, I'm challenging our, our church today and everybody that I see here. We are from different places of the world. We may have different cultural backgrounds and baggages that we carry, but today I'm asking us, let's have a change in our heart. I am not perfect than anybody else. My life is easily and equally messed up like the neighbor that I'm sitting right with. But all I know is the perfection of God is the embodiment of His salvation in my life. And He has made me righteous in Christ. He has saved me and I will not... I'm not going to run behind. I'm going to march forward. I'm going to move forward. And anything that the Lord, that the devil has brought in the form of the mask in my life, I pray that I'm going to lay it down on the altar. Can I ask our church to stand up? Can I ask that church to stand up?
what would Jesus undo in your life? Ask this question to yourself. All eyes closed right now. For the next two minutes, I want everybody to just examine yourself today. And after that, we will pass on our offering bags and you can extend your hands. But before we do that, I want all of us to examine yourself right now. Take a moment across this church. Let's, let's look into our own hearts today. Is there anything that God wants us to undo? Is there anything that God can undo in our life? Has our actions been denying Him so far? I am not a vessel of the devil, but I'm the vessel of the Holy God. And His Spirit resides in me.